Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Hello everyone and welcome back to Critics on a Bus. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you doing, Cameron? There it is. There it is. I'm doing (laughs) great. Thank you. Um, Keeping sane, just about. Just about. Just about. And as it so happens, we are actually reviewing a new release during uh, during quarantine. Indeed. We are um, <laughs> stuck indoors like everyone else, but luckily streaming services are releasing new films. And so Netflix, uh, along with Chris Hemsworth and Joe Russo, have released a new film called Extraction. So a uh, quick plot summary. Extraction, as already mentioned, it's written by the Russo brothers. It's directed by Sam Hargrave, who is a stuntman. Stuntman, I guess that's the term. And it stars... Chris Hemsworth, who plays Tyler Rake, a mercenary who is employed to extract, just as the title would suggest, uh, the young son of a drug lord from a kidnapping ransom situation. And that that's basically the plot. I I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I could I could give some other um, details, but then we would basically be getting into spoiler territory already. But the plot itself, it's bare bones. And as many have probably already found out, many have probably already seen, it is an action movie. Uh, Just another thing to note in the sort of summary part, it is set in Bangladesh. And there are a number of actors and actresses uh, in this, some of them young who are uh, might be unfamiliar to Western audiences uh, who have really kind of made a breakthrough, made an impression. At least one of them did. We'll discuss that. So spoiler free territory. Cameron, tell me what you liked about this movie. I I liked the action. I thought it was um, relatively fast paced uh, and sort of really, really hard hitting at times. I mean, I like Chris Hemsworth. I think, you know, he's he's a decent guy. He does all right. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I primarily watched it because I wanted to see him in action and him doing something other than the Mighty Thor. Um, so it was good to see him try something a bit different, a bit more or rough and ready, a bit more broken um, and play that sort of aspect of the film. So I thought I thought that the way it was filmed and the action was 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 good. What about you? I, I'm yeah. I uh, I think I, I know exactly where this is going to go once we hit spoilers. But yes, I <laughs> I I agree with you in that there was a certain spectacle to it. There was some very impressive kind of camera work flourishes, mm-hmm. and there was a, a lot of action that was kind of dark and hard hitting and sort of gory and gratuitous to an extent but we'll get on to that but also visually satisfying in a sort of almost dancey choreographed way and I think that that is the main selling point of this film I think that then again another selling point is Chris Hemsworth I feel like uh, he definitely carries the film he's obviously the main character in, in every single way and you know he's a he's a tall charismatic good looking guy and you know it makes watching him on screen, you know, uh, pleasurable. And he's already known and liked, like you say, from Avengers, from being Thor and stuff like that. So I think that those were kind of the, the two selling points, really, for me, the two things that I liked, at least about this film. 
with that, what was it that you did not like about the film? I think that Tyler Rake was um, a bit underdeveloped, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It seemed to just a bit, we didn't really know or understand his motives. And I think that um, the film lacked a bit of heart and was just a bit too ostentatious at times. The fact that he was, he, he got as far as he did was um, unbelievable. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just I just sometimes I thought it was a bit too much and a bit too underdeveloped, a bit too a bit too bare bones. Probably they didn't they didn't look at the story. I think the the action might have been a bit too much of the focus over the story. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm just gonna say what you said, but actually come down a lot harsher. I I thought that <laughs> uh, yes, while the action was to some extent uh, entertaining, I felt like story wise, character wise this was almost completely vacuous. There was, you know, barely any meat to it, narratively speaking, or in terms of characters. There was some, and what was there was so underdeveloped and so cliche to make it kind of almost ne- like negligible. So this is, you know, a common thing. With this type of film, I go in kind of expecting, you know, oh, okay, of course, it's going to primarily be about the the spectacle of the action. And, you know, that's fine. And sometimes it's okay to turn off and, and just focus on that. And we'll come on to the merits of that for this film. But I felt like it, it severely lacked uh, on the on the character and story front. So I, I'm actually interested to hear your answer to this. Would you recommend this? If you're looking for uh, just a loud action, smooth romp in lockdown, then yeah, I wouldn't watch it again. I'd no. recommend it. I'd recommend it for a one-time viewing only as I care. You know what? I'm just in for just some, just mindless action. Let's go. It's, you know, it's a Wednesday. It's not even a Friday. It's like a Wednesday, Thursday night film. Um, <laughs> And if you're a Hemsworth fan, it's worth it. He's good in it. But apart from that, I think I, I, in the cinema, I probably wouldn't have recommended it. In lockdown, mm, I would. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar boat. I I doubt I would really recommend it to anyone. If I had a friend who I maybe didn't respect that much and who uh, really only watched films for the action, then I might be like, oh, well, you should check out this film. If you haven't already, they probably have. I would also then just add the the caveat that, and people are probably becoming aware of this, but it's not uh, Avengers fantasy level violence. This is a proper gory film. And while while neither of us think that it's deserving of an 18 rating, and I'd be very interested to know what, what caused that, mm. we both think it's more kind of in 15 territory, it's still certainly a very kind of graphic gory film and so because of that there are plenty of people that i wouldn't recommend it to on that basis but if you're fine with that and if you don't really care that much about story and i know you then i might recommend it to you but yeah right let's enter spoiler territory and let's talk a bit more freely uh about this so i think it's it's gonna be important like with the spoiler free section to try and start with some positives you know you compliment someone before you tell them what they need to change yep. so the action in this film is okay it, it's it's it is good uh do you want to maybe unpack unpack that a little bit and talk about uh what's going on there in terms of action what's good about it what's bad you know 
yeah i think i think with action um you you could very clearly see that a stunt man made it because exactly um it flows so well and just the the way they do the um, the, the the punching and the movement and the even just the, the reloading everything it just it felt it felt very real and and that's that's what really helps that sort of film feel very grounded is the fact that the the film and the way that you're enveloped in the film through the action is very intense and very real but it's constant mm-hmm. you know they 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 have that kind of setup with they don't really set up the film and they go boom kidnapped boom this dude he's sad let's go let's let's get in there and let's get let's get going and it's like you know 10 minutes in and you're into the action sort of side of the film and, and the the runs with that for a long time mm-hmm. um and the action is so sustaining that even during the moments in the story where you know dave harbour's character is introduced and they'd have like mm-hmm. that break you're kind of itching for them to get back to the action because it feels so slow mm-hmm. you know the action it, it does really sustain you through the whole film that whenever there's no action you're like this now this is now dragging that might also be mm-hmm. a flaw in the writing and the story because mm-hmm. If there's no story, there's nothing else to do than just watch something <laughs> bumble about. But I think I think it does say that the the action is good if you know if you rely and you want more of it because it's it's so heavy and so real and it, it just feels so kind of gritty and Bourne esque, I think would be the mm. you know, this is like the, the R rated version of Bourne almost the way they, they fight and using mm. things and walls and other things like that to their advantage and also just the immense power of chris hemsworth just chucking people about sometimes maybe laugh even just that he would just like throw mm. people with from their head just forward and they just smack off a wall. <laughs> um i mean but chris hemsworth is jacked so i could very well believe that. <laughs> yeah no i i think you're right there, there's there's something kind of gritty and grounded about the action and that's it's becoming increasingly common these days it's as though the people fighting are just slightly overpowered but not too kind of uh superpowered but certainly not what a real fight would look like so like you say grabbing someone by the head and smashing them against the wall you know in real life that's not how it would go with one arm mm. i mean he's 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 tall and he's lean and he's strong but you know no one's that strong <laughs> and so and so but but there's this kind of solidity to the action that that when the kick kind of hits the chest and the person flies back into the wall, there's this kind of grounded kind of grunting hardness to it mm. that that does there is a certain satisfaction to that 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 this film had kind of in abundance. And yes, I do feel like it it was to, to many extents gratuitous violence and I feel like and we'll get on to this there there are, there are fight scenes in films that also then have spectacle kind of attached to them because the fight means something or because you've come to care about the characters or because it's it's significant in a certain way in a certain kind of like part of the story whereas this was it was all about the stylistic action like side of the action yeah i it it wasn't i wasn't invested in really any of the characters it's not like he was fighting one particular bad guy it was literally chris hemsworth takes on a bunch of goons and it's all very kind of stylized all very satisfying and if you turn off from the fact that he's killing a ton of people and leaving carnage and 
his wake and if you can kind of really just turn off from that and almost treat it like a video game then there is something like a there's a cheap thrill that comes with that and yeah. this this film was full of the cheap thrill and like you say when though when you were in the slower parts it was almost kind of like oh it's like when you eat sugar and then you take a break and it's like oh i kind of want want some more chocolate or whatever it is <laughs> it was kind of like oh like i just want that that hit again go on yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um i think with with the action though the one bit i really noticed and i thought was interesting was the different styles of camera work throughout the film mm-hmm. and the way that played into action so at the very beginning of the film it's very normal it's very um you know cut cut here cut there cut there all that sort of thing um bog standard and then once you get into the extraction side of the film I don't remember for how long they do a very impressive no cut sequence. This really elaborate car chase through Bangladesh or um, the city that they were in Bangladesh, and it's a, it's a quite lengthy scene. It's you know it's it's a proper um, intense scene. And I got I got the feels for 1917 watching that oh mm. that film. Um, and <laughs> obviously obviously they didn't they weren't inspired by 1917 because this was probably filmed before 1917 came out in cinema so like it wasn't something they've decided to do since then and it's not it's not an easy thing to accomplish but I that that kind of style of filming really draws you into this this first big action set piece you know you're always following the car you're you're going into the car you're going out to the car with with absolute smoothness you feel like a third person you, you feel like someone else being extracted at this point and it's it's very impressive to pull off for me it was very noticeable um i don't know if you if you noticed it oh yeah i know straight much. away yeah. um it, it is really noticeable because it, it is really very much almost like you're on a ride um in this yeah. in this spot and then it, it goes back to this conventional you know action kind of uh, editing and, and film work and it almost kind of makes me think like man i would just really like non-cut films like the one shot films it's a really nice really nice like aesthetically pleasing way of making a film um although i admit it's probably really impossible to do yeah. but yeah it was it, that that piece in particular was just so well crafted and choreographed and really layered in the, the way that they they develop because there's so much action going on and the story the the one like intrigue and plot twist of who saju and what saju is and who he is and what he's doing there um really flows really well in the whole kind of style of of you know only the intrigue of the film and so i i, I did like that quite a lot though it's a shame they couldn't keep it up because i seem i seem to be a, a sucker for a, a one-shot film um, <laughs> So yeah, I don't know what you, I don't know what your thoughts on the on the camera work there. So when it started to happen, I was like, oh okay, so they're they're going for that. They're going for the kind of like the one shot type thing. And and once you realise that it was that, then like you say, you settle into it, and it's like okay, that this is happening now. And I think for this idea of like you say extracting someone it kind of works along with that kind of like idea and that film premise because you felt like you were going along with them from their perspective on that journey i thought that Mm. it was particularly effective in the busy streets um of bangladesh and you kind of get those moments where you almost kind of tense up and draw back because you're like oh he's gonna hit that car oh he's like i i found it you know decently engaging there were a few moments where I was like, okay, that's a cut or like, oh, that, that looks 
is that like what, what happened there is that cgi or is that like a dodgy cut like there are a few tiny moments like that like when he throws ovi off the roof yeah uh, and stuff like that where i was like I know my eyes were kind of like there's a trick that's been played on my eyes here, but I I I don't know. And then it's fine, and you just carry on. It it wasn't anything like massively like that 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 was to the to its detriment. But no, it was it was riveting and it was it was enjoyable and it really kind of sucked you in. What like you say, I I found perplexing about it though is that it was this random ten minute trick almost at a quarter of the way through the film that was never again kind of revisited and. It wasn't then how the whole film was shot. It was kind of like a, a, a mini kind of roller coaster ride, but then you kind of got off it mm. and then the film continued. So, so I don't know, it, like with 1917, for example, the whole one shot thing is integral to the entire arc of the, the film. And it's, mm-hmm. it's because it's consistent throughout the film. It, it's a, it makes the whole film a unique experience. Whereas this, it, it was just kind of like a, a cool extra feature. I don't know, like, like, and it was cool, and it was, you know, fair play. It would have taken a lot of coordination, and it did suck me in. But when I got to the end of the film and remembered, oh, that only happened once, it, it kind of, I don't know, internally that kind of fell a bit flat with me. Where I was like, mm, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, I think just because we got a taste of that, we wanted it more, mm. and I think you then kind of feel let down by the rest of the the camera work because it's not the the stunning aesthetic of one shots. Mm-hmm. of a one-shot film so um i mean i in the end i i stopped noticing it i stopped noticing that we stopped the 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 mm-hmm. no cut scene so like it didn't it didn't affect my overall viewing but i was so drawn in during that time mm-hmm. that that scene is probably my favorite because it was just so well done and i i and I've seen special features around how, you know, the director was the cameraman for that scene. And that because he's a stuntman, you know, he's he's accustomed to, you know, sitting on top of cars at 60 miles an hour. With, and he, but, you know, doing all that work. So I appreciate the effort that went in there. But in the end, that was probably the best action sequence and best camera work of the whole film. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it just falls really flat, I think. Mm. Very generic, very lost in the world. Uh, with that, let's let's come to kind of the performances, and then also with that, the story or lack thereof, as we've titled it. We've already kind of spoken a bit about Chris Hemsworth. I don't know if you want to say any more about him or any of the other people in this. I think in general, the acting is probably okay, but it ties in with the story because it's so underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's just so it's so underdeveloped that. I don't know if they're doing a good or bad job <laughs> because I don't know how, like they, you know, they set up the, the bad guys, Amir Asif, Asif Amir. Um, they set him up, you know, as this crime lord who runs the city in Bangladesh that they're in, um, that, you know, meant to be quite tense and, and scary. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I can't, get to grips with their performances because it's just not enough even the kid Farhad he was meant to be I don't know I don't know why his kind of sub story was involved because it went nowhere <laughs> um but you know he was meant to be this like kind of just like kid going crazy and it just it didn't feel right when when there's that 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 really kind of quite funny scene when the kids come to attack Chris Hemsworth and yeah. he just he basically like beats him up one-handed <laughs> I mean it's pretty funny but also scary because mm. that probably does happen to kids with guns and stuff like that. And, and in those um, terrible circumstances they find themselves in. 
and he then Farhad goes to to Amir and is like, uh, he made me look like a fool. I want to let let me be the one who kills him. And it's like, really? You're like what? Yeah. Fifteen, sixteen. Is that really <laughs> where your mind's going right now? I want to kill him because he he beat me up. Like it just it felt so labored and pushed that sort of like whole kind of development. And I think they spent so much on getting the guns and Chris Hemsworth in that they just forgot to write anything decent for people to do. Even the woman who is meant to have some sort of connection to Chris Hemsworth. I don't even know why she's connected to him, how she knows him, how she understands his story, where she can talk to him like the way she does. And, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. There's no no overriding thread to it. No, you're 100% right. And, 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 and what little substance there was... It was tropes. It was it was the cliches. It was things we've seen before. He's a tortured, dark mercenary with a death wish. If you're a mercenary, I don't really know what else you can be. Uh, it's not like you, we're going to find a film about a, a cheery kind of light-hearted mercenary. Um, but but you know, and he's got this past that haunts him, and then he sees Ovi, and that awakens his paternal instinct because he had an incident with his son who he keeps seeing and and it's like we've seen this we've seen this all before even the thing with david harbour to be fair something that i did like was the watching david harbour and chris hemsworth fight i kind of yeah. enjoyed that <laughs> just from like a in a more kind of like fan fictiony type thing imagining the, hopper the, and thor like <laughs> yeah and even just the the, the build-up to that was pretty good just like the tension in their performances with each other i think was probably pretty was was pretty good yeah it it was but then also the whole we find refuge with a friend but the friend sells us out ever since lando i mean that's just such a recurring cliche as well yeah (laughs) I, I, i think the main issue with the story is and it's with this one word cliche it is it really is. Yeah. It's it's like, and then you know, at the end, and we'll speak about the ending. But but, and maybe we can come to it now. Like the the heroic sacrifice again. It was robbed of any proper depth or meaning or spectacle to me because I didn't. I don't really care. And so, the idea of the heroic sacrifice is one of the most common kind of recurring plot devices since you know Greek tragedies. You know, and, and so. <laughs> And if done right, you know, it really can mean something. Mm. So there are plenty of instances where it, it does mean something. Like Boromir at the end of Lord of the Rings, you know, at the end I of the Fellowship. Iron Man. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, when it's when it's got the proper kind of charge to it, it can work. But this, again, for me, it was really kind of sucked of any, any true meaning. One of the issues with the sacrifice is that it was basically told from the very beginning. Why show is that sort of... At the very the very first opening yeah. shot of the film is basically <laughs> the end of the film, where yeah. you see Chris Hemsworth on the bridge that, that I think leads out to the sea, which is the end of the drug laws jurisdiction. I, I assume that's the point they're making, is he, he can't he doesn't control anything beyond the bridge. I assume, um, but he's you know he's there he's obviously bleeding from his mouth and cut and bruised and he's obviously dead man walking. Or are they meant to make? Are you meant to think? Oh, maybe he's going to survive. Ooh, because but, but it. There's no physical way that man can survive the beating he's took throughout this entire mm. film. He, he shouldn't have survived beyond the fight with Dave Harbour, to be honest. He was already in a massive state um, fight. Even before that, he was hit directly by a car. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and he has supernatural powers in staying alive. Yeah, and it just felt that we were we, because we knew where the film was going, it didn't have an impact. It's like, I, well, yeah, I already knew that. 
I already knew they made it to the bridge. I already knew that he was injured. Yeah. So what's the surprise here? You know, th- I, there was yeah. that, that choice that kind of robs you of, of the satisfaction of discovering that he's going to die because they told it to you in the very beginning. I think that, yeah, again, that's something I didn't really consider. But now that you've you've said it, it <laughs> again, it, it just completely kind of pulls the rug from, from under the feet of the film, really. it it It's particularly when you're building up to a heroic sacrifice it's it, it, it's almost like they may as well have just done the whole thing and him falling off the bridge and whatnot at the beginning and then <laughs> continued on with it it's like well you've given like that's meant to be the type of thing that's reserved for the end and then you don't know what's coming and it was robbed of the spectacle also because you know no character development and stuff like that but even then it was like a double thievery or theft because it, <laughs> you were shown that climax at the beginning so on that i also just want a a mini rant basically here it is the reason people are watching extraction is because it has three names attached to it it's got chris hemsworth and then it's got the russo brothers if this was something confined to the corners of netflix and was directed by a bunch of no names no one would be watching it or a very select few people would be watching it but this is a classic case of what we were talking about in the Disney episode, or at least what I was talking about in the Disney episode, where people go to things, or at least they go to things. Maybe they don't like them, but they, they go to them because of the names attached to them. And sometimes that's OK. But I feel like this is certainly a case of if this were by any other name with any other actor, everyone would destroy it. But we're willing to be a bit more generous or perhaps we're willing to even watch it in the first place because we know and love Chris Hemsworth and we know and love the Russo brothers. Now, everyone's permitted a misfire, you know, and that's fine. I was a bit exasperated with it because of that, where I got to the end and I was like, I know that the Russo brothers and I know that Chris Hemsworth can do better. Mm-hmm. You just, you know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. This is not their finest work. I don't know why they made this. And come on guys, you, you can do, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, I suppose he, he reads the lines given to him and fair play to him on the physical performance. As I understand it, he does a lot of his own stunts. I mean, it looked like a very physically taxing film and that's, that's, there's something admirable in that, but this is only a thing. This film is only a thing because of those, three names attached to it and that i don't know that rubs me up the wrong way a little bit i I agree i think i I mean i only watched it because it was hemsworth and russo brothers and we well because we did a new new film to review for the podcast um let's talk let's talk talk about the actual ending ending there ending okay so after chris hemsworth is shot by farhad in in the end he he gets his revenge and the the boy trying to distract wants to run back and save him and the woman i don't remember her name i don't think she has a name who knows um stops him and extracts him from the city like they're meant to because hemsworth falls off into the into the river dead blood in the water and everything you know he's obviously dead first of all then what happens to forehead nothing you don't see anything like does he does he join the ranks does he upgrade like what what's the point of making him the killer of chris hemsworth (laughs) yeah and and then there's no there's no payout to that and the the ending is really weird do you want to talk about more about the, the rest of the ending after that yeah so running throughout this entire film we have this metaphor of water and of drowning and and so we see chris hemsworth character at the beginning he jumps this incredible height into into this uh sort of lake thing in it's sort of like a cave and then he sits and he almost kind of meditates in the water 
symbolic of him sort of drowning, drowning in uh, his life after his son's death, drowning in thoughts of, you know, potential kind of suicide, his death wish here. And uh, that's a theme that repeats. We have this saying that comes from Ovi, this idea that you don't drown from falling in the water, but from staying submerged. So you need to get out of it. And so Chris Hemsworth, he's been having these kind of blurry flashbacks of his son, who incidentally is by water, he's in the sea. And then as he falls off the bridge, these kind of flashbacks become clear and he sees his son and it's meant to be significant and probably meant to symbolize this idea that he's come out of the water. He's he's come out of drowning because he's now done this heroic act to save Ovi. And then he falls into some water. So it's kind of poorly constructed metaphor here. But because I, <laughs> I saw so the idea is he's come out of the water, but then he goes back into it. I don't know. But um, but anyway, metaphors aside. So he falls into this water and then what is his name? Fahad um, looks yeah. over and then it's kind of like, is he seeing, oh, I don't see a floating body or is it that satisfaction? And then at the end, you have Ovi jumping into some water, just like Chris Hemsworth did. He's sat under there meditating just like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, implying that he might be sort of drowning in this experience that he's had. He comes up and we see the mysterious kind of blurry shadow of an individual in the background. And the implication is, is that could be Tyler Rake, that could be Chris Hemsworth. Now, I've read up about this and apparently the original story had Chris Hemsworth dying and that was it and it was absolutely final but the test audiences weren't too much a fan of that and so they added this to kind of have a layer of ambiguity as to whether uh, don't don't even look (laughs) when I read that I was like Cameron's gonna be so mad at this (laughs) it's like (laughs) but but no, and so that was the incentive behind it. Here's my thought. If he was truly getting over things, if you know that was the picture of his son becoming clear, if he had fulfilled his mission, this already robbed and ungrounded hero sacrifice would at least have a bit of substance to it. With that final shot, two things might be the case. Either he did die and that's someone else. Well, that's silly. Who is it? There's no, like, <laughs> what would the significance be? You know, or he actually did live, in which case the little good bit of the heroic sacrifice is robbed. And that's silly. And it's just to please people. But instead of committing to either side, they tried to be profound. And it just was the final thing that made me go, oh, this is ugh, this is rubbish. And also when he fell into the water and the guy looked over and, you know, there wasn't a floating body and whatnot. To be honest, by that point, I was expecting the Jason Bourne music to play, you know, at the end of uh, <laughs> the Bourne Ultimatum when he then starts yeah. swimming because they didn't find the body. And like <laughs> the the whole ending did make sense. So I checked my phone um, when that is first, like, man, he's just died and there's still like 15, 20 minutes left. <laughs> yes. What? I had that like, how long are these credits? Like, flipping egg. Um, and, and, <laughs> They're long, and, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and then, yeah, they had this whole thing of, like, the kid just sort of, like, back at, back in normality. I, I don't get why they, why, why would Tyler, like, stalk Ovi? like that makes that makes absolutely no sense to the character in general he lives in australia why was he still in in like india bangladesh sort of place just like hanging out like no that's not the point he was on a suicide mission if you if you try to think about the story and the the very basics that it's set up as anyway he is he basically 
the woman with no name says you're literally just going on a mission to find a gun that kills you mm. like foreshadowing massive huge mm-hmm. right there uh, and so he does he finds the gun that kills him and you can see him almost like happy that he's dying and she lets him die because she knows it's what he really wants mm-hmm. and he dies he, he goes over and i think that is that's his that's his character completed he did what he set out to do he saved the kid and he died why bring this like unnecessary ambiguity it's not like, it's not like inception where is it a dream or isn't a dream is a big deal mm-hmm. like that is integral to like the whole like antithesis of the the amazing movie that that is mm-hmm. this just kind of is weird and then to expand that you then see amir shot dead in the bathroom by the woman that i forgot about that that was really weird as I, well what, what was the point of with, that is with the with the urinals as well and like, was it, was it like <laughs> is it meant to be like revenge over time i guess dying? so but like that's, so. that's not explained this it's just yeah. there I don't and we don't get care it. about her and then what about the implications for all of the different drug lords and gangs it's not like that then puts an end to all of that like it was just i don't i don't get it either it, i completely yeah. forgot about that that's how much i think of this film but um the uh, thing is this film was based on a book or a comic or something i think graphic novel yeah graphic novel i don't know if the graphic novel is that bad either like i hope not but my goodness it's just yeah, I, sure. that and that whole ending, that whole like ten minutes after Chris Hemsworth dies, just is is a waste. It's like I don't need that. It would have been better if what you just done is he falls in the water and then you just follow Ovi getting the helicopter, crying and then just riding off into the sunset, you know, off to safety. Yeah. Because you know that's that's what we care about, frankly. Don't. <laughs> you know, Saju died, so I guess his wife ran away with the money, whatever money, whatever. I don't quite understand the whole like deal and the hoodwink that they got involved there. Was he meant to kill the extraction team and take the kid or it doesn't make any sense, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't agree more and I'm going to be so infuriated if YouTubers now start, you know, doing like, and the ending of extraction explained type videos as if there's actually any substance to it because <laughs> there isn't and, and like oh it's a big enigma no it's just a really cheap way of pleasing audiences because they might be upset if he actually died is a, a, a bunch people, of people die right just get over it guys yeah. people die and sometimes that's the right thing to do <laughs> but um <laughs> also yeah just very quick detour the beginning, like you say, it was a bit too entangled. It was like on The Lion King when uh, Timon is like the monkey's his uncle. It was like, okay, it's the son of the drug lord who's in prison, but he's held by someone else who also has a son who's invested in that. And there's another drug lord. And it was like, okay, this is all like, I just about followed it, but it was like, why? For an action film, surely it something that is so based on action, it was just unnecessary complication. So that's just a a side note there. <laughs> so, let's 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 go to the critics corner. Let's go. It will be a short one. This is doing average, very average. It is sixty three percent critic score, seventy percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a six point nine on IMDb, and it's got a fifty six meta score. To be honest, that is higher. All of that is higher than I thought it would be. Well, can can I just tell you when I mm-hmm. watched this on Friday, it was eight point nine on IMDb. So in two days, <laughs> in two days, it's dropped two points. Wow. Okay, that's that's telling. That is. So this one might then continue to slide down. But if it solidifies anywhere near where it's currently at, I think that that's a bit high. It probably won't, but I think that's a bit high. But also, you know, 
whatever. As long as it's not getting any undue praise, I don't really care on the critic side of things. <laughs> so, do we want to go to Cameron's music corner? Very briefly, very very briefly. It's quite simple. The music is little or no of no notice. It is mm. if, if 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 I can even remember, it's very very generic action drum beat kind of get the heart racing the best bit of the film um again it's one of my favorite things one of my favorite cinematic tools to use is no music car chase the 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 best scene of the film the 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 no cut one shot scene scene fight scene and chase scene and all that kind of stuff has no music you're left with the breathing the guns the death everything just raw sound and that really draws you in Mm. and that is the only the the most noteworthy thing over the music in the film is when there is no music. <laughs> Says a lot about the score <laughs> itself, really, doesn't it? The best musical part of this film was the lack of music. It's a very effective tool. It's one of my favourite tools to use. If I was ever a filmmaker, those intense moments is there's no music whatsoever and it's just the audience and the the sound of the film just face on looking each other in the eye and it's very intense and with the way that that scene was cut you're drawn in anyway because you're on this little like personal journey with it but the lack of music there really works really gets the blood pumping the rest of it i don't even remember yep and just on that i just want to shortly lament the fact that this was set in bangladesh it had a very kind of bangladeshi feel to it uh they had a lot of different actors that like i say western audiences might not be familiar with and i felt like that could have been an opportunity to take the rich cultural heritage of that place in terms of music and weave it into a soundtrack but they didn't so i think they, um, they might have done a few times there might have been a bit but i think it it felt a bit more like ambience yeah that's a good word yeah ambience yeah, as opposed to actual soundtrack yeah. yeah okay fair enough fair enough okay so what is your uh, summary Oh, my summary in the end is, although um, there is one or two really good um, scenes in this film, the action is high intense. The story is non-existent or cliche. We do not connect with any of the characters. I can barely remember Tyler Rake's name um, correctly, even in this in this podcast. Chris <laughs> um, Hemsworth leads a film solidly because he can lead a film solidly, and we know that. But in the end, it falls short on story development, character development, and overall emotion for me. If you like Hansworth, it's well worth a watch. It's, it's a decent film, but you're probably going to finish it and just mindlessly turn on, I don't know, something else, The Office or something, because that's more entertaining. When I finished watching the film, well, Ashing asked me what you thought. I was like, it's all right. I, mm. I, could, I, couldn't give, I couldn't elicit any more emotion other than it's all right. Do you like it? Yeah, it's all right. Is it bad? It's all right. Like every question you ask me, it's all right, it's fine. I couldn't connect with it in any sort of level, and it's a real shame because it looked like a great action film, mm-hmm. um, a really interesting, but it just falls flat on any sort of connection. The characters don't don't connect. The motives are just off. I don't know why Hemsworth was so obsessed with getting Ovi out. He was told multiple times, "Leave the kid and let's just get out." We never understood his motive of no, because he's not necessarily a good guy. So why? And yeah, it just it doesn't it does the 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 film doesn't make sense to me. And I think that it lets down some really good action, choreography, stunt work. The 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 real kind of hidden art of this film is let down by the lack of story in this film. Mm-hmm. I think is is and it's sad in that aspect. But for me, it's a it's a misfire. I think. 
Uh, misfire action movie with lots of guns, but it was a misfire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this was empty spectacle, and I felt like there was something to admire in terms of the the visual choreography of it all, and I think that there was some cool action. Even though I even got a bit tired of that sometimes, a bit gratuitous. There was little to no story and what spectacle it could have had at the end was completely robbed both by the the flash forward used at the beginning and by the ambiguous but not ambiguous ending. And so I feel like it was, yeah, it was just an empty film, very little characterization, very little plot. And it just really didn't do that much for me, apart from that one scene, which I did find pretty impressive, the action, the one shot action scene. Right. Put a number and a bus on it. I'm trying to think of this relative to everything else I've seen recently. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in with a five. OK. I toyed between five or six for this whole episode. I kind of wanted to give it six because I didn't want to do Chris Hemsworth bad, but <laughs> in talking between us, I've realised how much there was wrong with this film. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go with a five double-decker. Okay. But it's uh, it's a sweltering hot double-decker that's really uncomfortable. And yeah, it's just this people sitting, not this, they're sitting closer than two metres close to you um it's just a it's just a bit it's a very uncomfortable bus it's a very bus you just kind of want to sit through and you have the windows open for a breeze that occasionally gives you relief but other than that it's just a pretty mundane ride there's there's so little to talk about and the minute you get off the bus you're like oh thank goodness i don't do that one again so it's a pretty low a pretty low mid i'm going going five double decker but a pretty pretty bad double decker fair enough okay um how how bad are you going yeah, I'm 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 going there. I'm I'm giving it a three. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going there. Ooh. I am going there. I'm giving it a three out of ten, and I am unapologetic about <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um. To be fair, I would give it a decently high three. So I'd say, you know, an all right double decker um that has charging ports bit of traffic but overall a pretty solid bus ride so a pretty solid three but the action wasn't enough to i feel like this film for me you could literally just take that 10 minute kind of made to look like one shot action scene and i could have just watched that on youtube or something and be like ah, oh, that was really cool and that's it <laughs> and it didn't need a film around it like 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 that's kind of the 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 main thing about this film that i actually thought was was of value but other than that i i, I didn't really didn't really enjoy it so that's, yeah that's, that's i think we had the lowest ever scoring on a crit on a critics on a bus episode that is it it is and it's my lowest ever scoring and we've watched some yeah wow that's i mean that's that is low for me but i I genuinely, I, I really just didn't rate it. I thought there were some cool aspects to it, but everything that we normally love and value about a film just wasn't there. I guess you're, you're more generous than I am. Very much so, yeah. My, On this my, one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's my second lowest rated film of the year, so. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, it's, it's down there, so. 
we'll see what we'll see if, if anything else comes out <laughs> yes so yeah. uh, uh extraction have you seen it what did you think do let us know available on netflix do do have a watch and see if you agree with with our assessment of the yes. film basically and uh that's it for today yes take care thanks bye Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to...